Welcome to your 15th BS Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. My name is Aaron Rajamani, and here is Jesse Richardson. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Aaron. How you doing? I'm good. Oh, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Very happy to be back in Gippsland. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for making the trip out. It's, uh, it's nice of you to... Uh, to kind of return the favour on that one, seeing as I'm I'm always the one coming to Brunswick. <laughs> you are coming down a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah forcing me down. I appreciate it. I should start, I should start um, sending you like invoices for fuel or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, that seems fair. It is a bit of a journey. You do buy the beers every time, so I do appreciate that. I do, that. yes. Yeah. 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 We'll, talk, we'll talk more about, <laughs> talk more about buying the beers. I don't know where we're going with that. Um, <laughs> when we introduce this beer, because I've got a bit of a story for you, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, not really for you. You were there when it happened, but I guess more so for our for our oh, listeners. Yeah, this is a very exciting story. Yes, but, but we'll leave leave you hanging while we introduce our very exciting <laughs> guest for this week. Yeah. Say are hello, you, Sean. Are you too kind? Hello, guys. <laughs> this is really what this is surreal watching it happen in real life and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you normally listen to it. Oh you're no! Like, oh, this, this is, is a banter. Yes, yeah, so yeah. this is this is how it happens, and now you know. The realities of how she did actually. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome it's to behind the curtains. Uh, <laughs> We're sorry. This, this <laughs> We're is sorry all duct tape. Destroy the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> Not even mics. Just how are we recording this? <laughs> <laughs> it's tin cans. We've got three tin cans and string. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, cool. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. That's all right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Long time listener. Yes, yeah. um, Sean um, has worked with us um, for a little while now, and yep. he's worked in mental health for um, many years. Mm. Um, Sean, mm. how about you tell us maybe just like a brief run through about the kind of stuff, how, how you're involved in mental health, what your interest is in it and that kind uh, of thing. Look, I mean, I've, I've had a, a, a varied career across um, child and youth, uh, community development, mm. mental health. Um, I came, I, I went to uni as a mature age student and ended up um, doing a placement at, at Child Protection and ended up in Child Protection for a few years. Wow. Um, and left there to work um, for a community service organisation um, that I a lot of my, my kids followed me to the community service organisation because they were what, what's called um, uh, case contracted. Right. So I was there for a decade. Am I allowed to say the organisation that I used to work for? Um, yeah, okay. why not? I, I feel... Yeah. Probably fine. They, they can't do anything to you they now. Can't anything, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gone. I'm, yeah. I'm out of reach. Reckless, no. right. So I worked for an organisation called Berry Street. So when, mm. I, when I worked for Berry Street, they were the largest non-religious um, community service organisation in the state. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I did a bit of work for a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um as a, I'm a, I'm a social worker by trade, yeah, and uh, a bit of inpatient work on an inpatient psychiatric unit, and uh, also work for a child and youth mental health service, and yeah. and do a bit of private practice. Yeah, right. cool. So quite a, f- a fair bit of experience there, Sean. Yeah, you know, yeah. just itchy, itchy feet. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I guess as a, a social worker, it's one nice thing, I suppose, like a lot of flexibility mm. to jump around and. Yeah, passions, I suppose. Yeah, it's a it, it, it's um, was it Scott Morrison or Tony Abbott that said it's a broad church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, excellent uh, reference. Ew, Good. Icky, yeah. <laughs> you, you love you love your uh, conservative <clears throat> politics, Sean. I do, yeah. I do. I, I am. <laughs> I'm I'm a you know died in the wool monarchist. Oh, what? <laughs> I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the um, Queen. Uh, we used to be a member of the Young Liberal. No, no. <laughs> Have you heard of this new party, the New Liberals? No, no. I got, I got made I got made aware of it. They're not part of the because li- the Liberal part for if any just by chance anyone's listening to this overseas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> did, you, did you hear that laugh, Aaron? The way, the way he laughed about that. So is, rude. We have, as though we don't have how dare he exposure. insult our yeah. international audience? Wow. We love you so much. Thank yeah. you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. So you might you might say, well, how, how is a how is a liberal party conservative? And it, it, they're they're fiscally liberal. Mm. Um, Jordan Shanks calls it marketing spin, but they're fiscally liberal. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, this new party I was made aware of oh. that are socially progressive. Oh okay. But, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts, but it's not the yeah. topic of this podcast. No, <laughs> no it isn't. But thank you for Aaron. What is the topic of this podcast? Oh yes, 
Very exciting. The topic of this podcast, we're talking about the Royal Commission, which I'm super excited yes. about. In, into aged care? Into mental health. Into mental health, <laughs> it turns out. Oh, wow. Right, it's about oh, us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's been up for a little while, but we've just been stewing on a bit for, for a bit before yeah. um, we talk about it. Um, and also, it's a big report, and we're mm. just like focusing on a few things that we thought um, were particularly interesting to us. Yeah. Um, so, sorry if your pet project isn't involved in this podcast, but, you know, yeah, it's I, all right. I think it would, if we wanted to cover all of the recommendations mm. and everything that happened in the uh, in the Royal Commission, mm. we we would be here for a very long time. Very long time. Um, and, and I'm just not about that, Aaron. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm only here for a short time. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like you. I'd like you off my premises <laughs> not a, not a, as quickly as possible. But before we dive, I guess right into the Royal Commission, Aaron. Yeah, what are we going to do first? Oh, we got to crack open some beers. Got to crack open Ooh. some beers. Very good. Did you want to introduce today's beer, Aaron? Oh yes, it is the Panhead Hazy IPA, and a secondary title. Rat rod. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> what could that possibly mean? I don't, I don't know what it means, but I would, be lying. I would be lying if I, I said I didn't get it solely for the reason it was called rat rod. Rat rod. <laughs> 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 I do not care about hazy IPAs one bit, but yeah. uh, it said rat rod and I thought, yep. That's uh, that's clicking with me right now. I think there's a bit of a spiel on the side of the can, though, Aaron. Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, look, it feels very, like, corporate jargony. It's like, there's a killer American hopping regime inside this unfiltered diamond. Good. Great. I'm yeah. really about the juicy orange and fruit salad characters. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I don't know. Wait, fruit salad? Did not expect that. It's from this dark black and brown can. Yes. <laughs> okay. it, it, all, it also contains lactose. Yes. Wait, yeah, yeah, it why? does. So. What, what? Why is there milk in my beer? No. No. Yeah, and, and if you if you're vegan, like, but can I can I just say I'm also oh. vegan and not oh. a monarchist and oh, and yeah, no. yes. so just that. Oh, let's, just to let's clarify foot, yeah. before I have like any any friends watching this went. What happened to Sean? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's got it's got um, lactose. Oh. So I've got a different. Oh, beer. that's right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I probably should have thought about that. <laughs> just this is your one job. I know. Yeah. <laughs> One job. I um. One job. I knew, I knew Sean was vegan. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and you know, you know maybe a part of me saw lactose get, and thought. I feel like uh, we should probably just cancel the podcast him. now. We've made a critical <laughs> yeah. error. I think <laughs> probably. But you know what I do like? What? I like how Sean is uh, has in front of him another yep. beer, <clears throat> uh, and Sean must have really liked the previous episode, Aaron, because he's got a mountain goat's. Fancy pants. Oh, it's the fancy pants. Yes. The fancy pants. Yes. Uh, it'd be <laughs> interesting to see his for review. For repeat appearance. Yeah. Um, on, on that one. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the rat rod. Um, not only because it's it's got the words rat and rod in it. Uh, when I paid for this at, at, at the local Dan Murphy's today, um, apparently there was a credit on my account. You know how I got that card. Yeah. Recently, and they they gave me ten dollars off. So already it already it tastes nice to me. <laughs> not even opened. <laughs> not even. And opened. It's already the best beer because it's a free beer. Shall we? Uh, shall we yeah, open let's it? Do it. Yes. Oh, I'm a bit slow with the crack today. There oh. it is. Mm. Always late. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's got so much lactose in it. Milky. Mm. Something. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what your problem is, Aaron. That's quite a tasty beer. Honestly, it was bad. Yeah. I, I feel like if I rated it a three. I'm walking out. That's, I, that's more than, that's I more will, than uh, average. What I'll do is I will I will bring up the uh, the episode and we can we can go back to it, <laughs> Just uh, it at in. the at the end and get your get your rating. <laughs> um Yeah. Yep. Tasty. Okay. Good. 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 Sounds right. lactose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very good. I think um how about we get right into it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so I guess um, we were, as, as we mentioned before, looking uh, over the recommendations and we've, we've picked a, th- a few that we would like to have a bit of a chat about today. Um, obviously, we're not going to cover everything, but these are the ones that we thought were particularly interesting to, discuss, um, to discuss and with Sean as our guest also that, that would, um, would 
he'd be able to, I guess, shed a bit of insight into. The first one, I guess, um, if you've got the uh, recommendations in front of you and you want to have a bit of a look, is recommendation number nine, which is developing safe spaces and crisis respite facilities. Yeah, cool. Why is this one, like... Why do you feel like this one is particularly like interesting to you or relevant or noteworthy? Like, why did you pick this one? Yeah, well, I think within um, you know those crisis, crisis respite facilities, I think having spaces um, you know for people who are who are um, you know going through a really significant sort of crisis period, um, you know, to have a space where they they do feel safe and that it is. Um, yeah well well designed and 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 all of that would be would be really beneficial for do you guys feel like that people. i mean this is a a very leading question for both of mm. you but do you guys feel like that doesn't exist already now or that like why why does this recommendation exist i suppose is like kind of where i'm going with this i look i i think for for a lot of people that there's a mismatch between i think services and uh, mental health services and, and community service or NGOs and mm. things like that. Um, and the people out there, you know, uh, consumers yeah. that, that experience poor uh, mental health that have, um, you know, that live with that and their families because mm. families are, are, are so important. But, you know, working on in, in different aspects of, a, of, of mental health, um, you have the people that will turn up to with their for the family on a first presentation to a psychiatric ward, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll kind of try and include them. You'll say, "Okay, guys, so um, what is it that you're thinking we should do here? What what what's going on?" And they'll say, "Oh, look, he, you know, young Jesse needs a, um, a a good six to twelve months stay." Mm, and you're right. like, well, it's it's, and you feel like saying, well, it's not 1950, mm. like we can't do that, right? Um, yeah, and then you you'll have the the consumer that's on the ward that will be like, there's nothing wrong with me, I don't want to be here, I don't like it. Mm. So it, it it's kind of like there's nothing in between. There's there's, yeah. there's nothing that's a service provision that that holds people before it gets to that point of admission. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm not saying case management. I'm not saying mm. both those things that are, they they definitely are. But a, a service like a somewhere to rest, somewhere to drop into, mm. somewhere to yeah, um, try and um, have. I think it's a fantastic idea, especially for young people. Mm. You know, if if you think of young people that um, their say their first presentation of psychosis. If that happens around you know, 18, 19, and, and what we know is if that's that's addressed and that's treated and that's um, uh, engaged with really quickly, then the, the prognosis for later in life is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of doing it on, you know, person environment, on their terms, like what, mm. what they need. Yeah. And I think um, one other part i guess about that recommendation that i think is also really useful and is it's kind of weaved throughout a lot of the recommendations if not if not all um within the royal commission is the you know the inclusion of consumers for um helping establish that and guide what that actually looks Mm. like um so really getting getting a sense from you know the people who uh you know have experienced um, you know, crisis in the past, mm. and maybe getting input from them around things that maybe have worked really well, or or have been really not great for the for their um, you know recovery or mm. or that crisis period. I think that's a really important part of that recommendation, also. Yeah, because my impression from uh, reading the report is that one of the major criticisms is the nature, like the way in which it's the system is structured is very like high-end crisis driven so there's not a lot of steps like showing you say like steps in between where mm. that can be um addressed or intervened so it takes someone getting worse and needing support and not getting it eventually getting to the point where it's like oh there's no other options i'm going to like an emergency department yeah. um and that's that's mm. the, the only that's the point where they get their first yeah. level of care and and some families will go oh the the they're in a psychiatric unit. Well, you know, I've, I've watched one flew over the cuckoo's nest. 
Like mm. this is this is what it is. That's you know because mm. they haven't experienced it before, so they're, yeah. they're going off Hollywood. Yeah, right. Not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The cynical side of you of me, but goes. <laughs> Hey, how are you gonna how are you gonna make this happen? Okay, so it's over ten years. They're talking about change over ten years, but how are you going to create these a create these respite and crisis centres? Mm. Then b how are you gonna staff them? Yeah, I mean, especially like um, something we were discussing before the podcast is like, especially in like regional areas, mm. it's gonna be even more of an issue than in metro in terms of staffing. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, what is there like four hundred? Um, child psychiatrists in the country. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, oh. how are you going to get one to come out? You know, getting one is a, a big thing. How are you going to get mm. many to come out and mm. and support? Mm. I think my fear is that, um, and I think I said this to you, um, you guys, or definitely to Jesse, when the report came out. My fear is that it will be, um, not controlled, and it, it will be given to community service organisations and NGOs kind of like has happened with the NDIS mm. that, you know, here's a package and you'll, you'll we'll, you know, a, a company will pop up and say, oh, we can provide the services for that package. And so there's not a lot of, um, uh, um, I'm trying to really say this delicately and I know it's coming across as I'm umming and ahhing. You're... There's not the quality and there's not the skill and there's not the education and there's not the evidence base. Yeah, so it's not really being strongly driven by the people implementing yeah. it. They're just giving money to people and hoping it kind of works out yeah. potentially. Yeah. It's a concern. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I think I see that maybe skipping ahead in terms of topics what we're talking mm. about but in terms of like the yeah, Jesse's sweating he's like this is not according to the rap sheet <laughs> <laughs> <Flips> table <laughs> too many times yeah. my authority been sub- has been subverted I'm um, no I'm um, like in terms of like the like the service hubs um, that's an- another area where I think there's the potential for government to be outsourcing that work because i mean because mm. like, service hubs at least in the youth mental health space kind of already exist with headspace yeah. right yeah. and so there's kind of a nature of mentality of oh well those kind of already exist maybe we'll use them or so- something like that like there's like a there's already a model that exists for that kind of service to be outsourced Cause like the headspace model people like outside like um community organizations take ownership of a headspace mm. and just kind of run the framework yeah as they have a consortia to... that yeah, yeah yeah so that's so that kind of exists when i guess there's strengths and weaknesses of the headspace model for sure <laughs> yeah where are we up to jesse yeah we... um well i thought i like i thought we could maybe use that as a as a good opportunity to maybe chop and change what we were going to uh-huh. talk about Ooh. like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna very rigidly stick to to what we had here <laughs> but uh what about i guess um you know sean you were you were talking about uh you know the the implementation of that being hard and you you, you spoke to um you know getting those um you know, professions out into into a service yeah. um into a regional service such as you you spoke about child psychiatrists um maybe we could skip to i guess um recommendation 40 of well, what what does the system need to be doing and promoting um, in terms of incentives for people to want to work regionally? Like how how do we get how do we get more people working in regional Victoria? Mm. It, it's uh, for me. I, I think it's not all about money. Like I don't, you know, mm. yeah. And and I say that with a um, a caveat, which is yes, psychologists. Um, should be paid what they're worth. Yes, social workers should be paid what they're worth. Mm. It, it took. It takes a long time to get a um, social work degree. It takes a long time to get mm. a psychologist. It takes a long time to get um, to specialise as a child psychiatrist. Mm. Yes, you should be paid for what you're worth. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I think um, uh, wage growth and um, salary mm. is the is the the, the low hanging fruit. It's it's the what um, uh, what organisations offer quickly mm, to think yeah. oh that's what they want that's yeah, yeah. and and I know you know the 
the association, you know, the Australian um, Association of Social Workers has done a lot of work on, you know, um, having mental uh, mental health accredited social workers. Yada, yeah. Yada, yada. Hmm. It's not just about that. It is about workload. It's about um, respect for your profession. It's mm. about um, ongoing training mm. and, and making that accessible and free. And, you know, we as professionals pay for it. You know, and a lot of people out there that aren't, um, uh, say, uh, um, social workers or psychologists or, you know, mm. yada, yada may not realise that these professions pay for their um, their CPD, their mm. continuing professional development. Sometimes you're lucky. In, in the community service organisations, I found that was paid for you. The organisations did right. a lot of work on... Um, so when I worked for Berry Street, I um, there was a focus. We did a lot of project management mm. of projects that were coming in. Um, I, they sent me off to do a, a, a project, a diploma in project management. Mm. Right. Um, as, as an example, um, so I would have I'd be skilled in sitting across the table from a funder or mm. a, a philanthropic trust talking about our project management. Mm. Um, the when you work for a hospital or a mental health service. You have to pay for all that yourself. You get some subsidies, and there's oh yes, you can pay. You can apply to a rural scholarship. Yeah, but it's competitive, and mm. it's, it's it's a it's not just hey, we're going to um, uh, pay for you to do DBT, or yeah. we're, we're going to have someone that comes in to do that, mm. or we're going to have um, a uh, this, this is our calendar of not just compulsory training. Yeah, but really skilled training towards um, being best practice, evidence based way to go. Mm. And I think a workforce would really appreciate that. If you if you want to attract a workforce to rural areas where mm. people and that that's kind of happening in mm. a lot of rural, you know if you go um, in into the Latrobe Valley or if you go um, the other way to Geelong or if you go um, Bendigo Ballarat. People are moving away from the city and buying real estate and moving this way because they understand that mm. they, they can commute. But to relocate people here, we have to break this cycle of people coming down to get experience to then go to a Melbourne hospital mm. um, and that they see that there's a lifestyle here and a, a, a con, uh, an opportunity to further and build and yeah. expand on their career yeah. more than just getting experience before going off to... Yeah, um, okay. Eastern Health or, you know... Yeah, or, right. Um, somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not just picking on Eastern Health. I'm trying... Yeah, someone. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anyone there. <laughs> just a real Actually, problem. I do. Oh, no. <laughs> that was random. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone at Eastern Health's going, why us? <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, I'm reflecting on, like... The reasons why I moved down to Gippsland and then left. I think it's like, yeah, it's um, definitely moving down there was um, experience, opportunity to do work that would otherwise be difficult for uh. me to get up there. Um, yeah, I suppose yeah, experience was, but I think it's definitely like the primary reason is wasn't the pay that I would get, but definitely mm. the opportunity for career yeah. development. Because yeah. then I, because then like I didn't ex- necessarily expect a particular pay yeah. and then I've moved on to another job with less pay. So it's not, definitely wasn't the money that was the thing that was motivating me. Well, I mean, we are, we are in like, you know, the, the helping sort of profession, mm. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in mental health care. Um, I, I think it's, it's not about the money for us. Mm. Um, I think, I think if it was about the money, we, would, we would, probably yeah. wouldn't be doing it because, yeah. you know, we, we could go out and do other things to make, make, um, you know, a, a bigger, a bigger paycheck at the end of the day. Go, go work at a mine somewhere in Western Australia. Yeah. And fly in, fly out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, we, we do this because it's something that we really enjoy and we get no, a lot absolutely. of value out of. Mm. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, that really, I think was a really important point there, Sean, about, you know, throwing cash as an incentive at, at people who are, who are not doing something, I guess, for, yeah. for the cash. Um, yeah, it, it does seem quite, yeah. I guess, counterproductive. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and I'm not saying, hey, you know, don't. Cash is nice, thank you. Yeah, if, yeah. If, um, mm. yeah, if yeah, they yeah. want to, yeah, I think we're we're in um, EBA negotiations now 
Um, or I know my union is. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, it, it, there's more to it. You, you, you do this because you have, you have passion. You, you've kind mm. of, it's like manifest destiny. You've ended yeah, up, yeah. you know, in this role because you have a, have um, a, a feel for it and a, a passion mm. for it. Yeah. yeah. Bang on. Bang yeah. on. I love that. That's a good answer, Sean. <laughs> you can stick around for the second half. Yeah, I knew we got you on for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll sip my own beer. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read. The disrespect. The disrespect. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Sorry. look, and uh, another side of it too. And so, another and thing. And another thing. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Rip out this soapbox. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said before, like I, I have an interest in community development and, mm. and volunteering and things like that that I, that I do. Um, grew up here in the valley. Um, lots of um, if, if you're if you're a social worker, the valley is your thing. Like it's you've got intergenerational disadvantage. You know, um, Jesuit social services in um, 2015 did a, a report in Victoria mm. uh, dropping off the edge. Um, uh, eight postcodes with the most disadvantage in Victoria. Um, Three eight four zero mobile is in. Mm. Number eight. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a flip side. I, I, I was born in Moore, grew up in Moore, have a real love and a passion for the place. Mm. Um, and want to, and you know, there's there's a lot of change that happened to Moore. And I think that change of, you know, um, talking about neoliberal discourse. So neoliberalism happened to the valley, privatisation happened, uh, privatisation's, you know, still happening mm. now and they're looking at, you know, um, there's a bit of um, discussion in the media at the moment about um, efforts to privatise Australia Post, for example. It's, it's been happening for, for decades now. Mm. But that's, I, I suppose, in just as a bit of a, a footnote on what we just discussed, that's probably a really big concern that I have, that it's, it's going to be privatised and um, a trickle-down economics yeah. model. And so consumers won't be consumers with needs and... They'll be product. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I mean, I get the the sense from reading, reading the report itself that their intention is to create a like to fundamentally change the system to address similar issues like this, whether like like economic forces yeah. uh, when they actually have their impact on the implementation, whether that actually happens, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This isn't good. a funny episode, is it? Like, no. you know, you get... this is, this is very like, yeah, yeah. it is a bit yeah. doom and gloom, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Just probably, probably not ideal to get Sean, Sean on for this. I mean, Sean, yeah, I love, I love, I love what you're bringing. What, what, what is this? <laughs> no, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. I love what you're bringing to this episode, Sean. But I think Sean Sean is a fantastic person to, to talk to. Um, both, it's not both one thing with or the how, other with you. It's like <laughs> yeah. both with how I guess the the knowledge and, and insight that he brings, but also just how how damn entertaining he can be at times. And and we're really not getting the end. <laughs> keep digging. We're really not getting the entertaining side here, Sean. This is terrible. Uh, it's, it's like patting pat you on the head with the left and knifing you in the back with the right. <laughs> Oh dear, I'm sorry. How are the beers going? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a different note. No, Sean, you're being very entertaining. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. No, this is great. Um, can you can you taste the milkiness? Does yeah, I think you kind of can. You can. You, I do, think you do so. get like that. Aaron's I mean, got I, a bit of a milk mustache. Yeah, I look. <laughs> I don't know if it's like confirmation vice. I'm expecting <laughs> to taste something milky, and I'm like, mm, yeah, that mm. is milky. Mm. But <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah, look, it's okay. Mm. That's yeah. the fancy pants. Are you feeling fancy, Sean? I am. It's a, it's quite tasty, it, yeah. um, and it's um, what is it? Like it's not a nail. It's not a lager. It's not a. It's mm. I think we, pants. we I think we had the same sort of yeah. It's 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 a confusing uh, discussion. Last it's, not, yeah. it's, not, it's not a bad beer. It's, it is a it's a beer that makes you think. You know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <on. laughs> yeah. That's should my, we, should that's we uh, should we splice that into the previous episode yeah, yeah, and, and your, your review of that? That's a good yeah. beer that makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> that should pay me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so, another yeah. one, I guess, Sean, that I, I, I wanted to hear your 
your insights on, mm. or I guess um, you know what, what you think, it would be recommendation number fifty-four. Off the top of your head, Sean, which, which one is that? This is a test. Which one is it? Let, let me just stand up and recite. Recommendation <laughs> <laughs> fifty-four. Uh, no, for all of you out there who um, don't know what recommendation fifty-four <laughs> involves, included. it is uh, towards the elimination of seclusion mm. and restraint. Now, Ooh. Sean, for any of our listeners at home who maybe don't have much experience working with within, I guess, a hospital setting, mm. what? A, what do we mean when we say seclusion and restraint? Okay, so um, uh, inpatient psychiatric units will have a seclusion suite in them. Um, so this is uh, a seclusion suite. <laughs> My God, that beer is good. <laughs> a seclusion suite will be used as open seclusion and closed seclusion. So if um, someone's in that, that's, I call it a suite. I'm making it sound like I'm at like the Sheraton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's um, if I if I can paint a bit of a picture, it is a, a room. There is a mattress on the floor. There is nothing in there that is at risk to the person. They may be in there because they're um, presenting violently, or they may be in there um, because they're at risk of harming themselves, or other people um and by harming you know they they may be um uh, very suicidal or something like that so they they're in the uh seclusion suite um and the risk may not be as acute that they can leave the door open and have a nurse sit at the door and monitor or if they close the door and it's locked it locks automatically um then they have to um, monitor that person there um, and, and uh, check them, um, see how they're going. Um, but the, these, all these things always has close seclusion has a statistic to it. Okay. Um, about it, so um, some hospitals will use mechanical restraint mm-hmm. um, in place of. Close seclusion. Well, sorry, what do you mean by it has a statistic attached to it? Um, so every time someone goes into seclusion, close mm. seclusion, yep. that that's recorded. And so um, the, hosp- the hospital, where, whichever hospital it is in the state that, that does this, they will have then a, a statistic that goes along with how many people do they have yeah. in close seclusion. Okay, if, if they have so many people in close seclusion, what's going on? Yeah, hospitals will use a model from the UK called Safe Wards. Mm-hmm. So Safe Wards is a framework um, that, that that's come to us from the UK. Training happens, and it's about using various methods, calm down methods, um, to be really brief and mm. and concise, and so I don't get anything wrong in trying to talk. <laughs> yeah, <about it>. sure. <laughs> but it, it's um, it's about using different calm down methods in the hospital and also it, it's it's also a recovery model. Mm. And so someone might be quite agitated and there may be a misunderstanding about what's happening. It may be a misunderstanding about when the, the treating team, so the psychiatrist and the, the um, registrar is going to see them. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting all day. When's it going to happen? Yeah. And it might be a bit of information about, oh, you know, they'll actually, we're about to see you now. Mm. So uh, it might be about needing calm down methods. It might be a salty food. Yeah. You know, a nice bag of chips just mm. I know with me if I'm feeling <laughs> agitated and, and mm. stressed, that that's one of my um my calming things. It could be sensory things. So it's it's using a um a sensory safety tool um mm. to figure out what they need. All these things. Rather than get to the the final point which is close seclusion, mm. which yeah. is quite distressing. Or mechanical restraint. Mm. Which is so that's having someone on a trolley. Um, so a, a you know if you imagine a emergency sort of bed sort of thing, um, and with with restraints. Yeah. Um, they may be also given um, some medication like droperidol or or something like that to mm. to um, uh, and go sleepy bye byes. Is that what is that <laughs> yeah. what you would term as a chemical restraint then? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, these these things. So it, it's, um, 
I, I think this was a recommendation that came to the report. I know that a lot of people kind of went, well, what? like a lot of nurses went, well, what are we going to do now? Mm. Like, how are we going to... Because sometimes people just need to go... Like, I've, I've, I've seen it. People just need to go to seclusion. Mm. There's not another option. They are at risk to themselves. They are... Um, it, it's... Um, it, it's it's going in a direction that it, it needs seclusion. So, like, how do you? So, let's maybe just like give like a, a very general example of what might be happening and what might be the consequences in your mind if they were not secluded. So, yeah. so think of a, think of an example, and I'm thinking of one at the moment mm. where there was a guy on the ward who's quite tall, quite big, quite angry, mm. quite aggressive and um, becoming quite overwhelmed with other people in his face, mm. becoming quite violent towards them. Mm. Um, and so it's it's going to come to a point that someone's going to be assaulted. Yeah. And and someone who's a lot more vulnerable because, you know, people on a psychiatric ward, especially, you know, maybe a high-dependency unit, are, are um, quite unwell themselves. Mm. You will have um, this guy that I'm thinking of as misidentifying. Mm. You will be having people with him that, that's doing the same, and they, yeah, you know, it, it. Someone's going to get hurt, and and someone that's not well, who's not, um, fully understanding what's what's happening, and they're becoming quite agitated. Some just having a, a space, and if if I can, um, these seclusion places are usually away from the board. Like mm. away from, sorry, away from the rest of the, the people there. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. Sometimes, and I think where this recommendation is coming from, is mm. it's the go-to. It right. happens too quickly. It, it's like jumping on a train and that's where we're going and we're mm. not going to try and calm it down any other way. And not, enough me- not, not enough other measures are really yeah. being used to try and... Yeah. And it's it's beautiful to watch nurses come in and use use safe wards and kind of gently, talk, you know, um, engage and talk someone down and really use micro skills and, and and their their own gentle nature in bringing this down. Um, and that's I think yeah. uh, if I was to think of myself in the position mm. of the Royal Commission, yeah, they're thinking yeah more of that, less of the other. Yeah, it's like yeah. that people even though in theory. You meant to use the least restrictive means possible in yes. order to treat yeah. them. That's not actually necessarily what's happening all the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the very nature of the wording of the recommendation kind of speaks to that as well. When it says towards the elimination of seclusion and restraint, yeah. you know, with the aim of eliminating these within ten years, I think. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, like, I mean, there's a recognition that the system mm. as it is, you, if you just eliminated it right now, it wouldn't work, and it wouldn't be a reasonable thing to do. But there's still the very clear intent of we need to figure out a way within 10 years so that this isn't mm. a necessary part of the system mm. without necessarily saying how it's going to yeah. work, uh, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I guess, um, you know, it, was, it kind of takes me back to the episode we, we did with Chris where he talks about how, you know, maybe if when in, you know, in, in, in inpatient psychiatric settings, if we made them to be a little bit more you know, like a hospital sort of experience where, you know, if they could get like, you know, a salty mm. bag of chips whenever they need it or like, you know, go out, get a coffee or, or have a smoke or something like that. Um, why would we not be wanting to do that to, to create that really calm sort of space for people as a first sort of like go-to compared to, hey, let's just chuck chuck them in seclusion or mm. or restraint. And look, and, and yeah, like the, the, the chuck them in seclusion and restraint kind of ha- that, that, that that's happens further down the, the path. But mm. Yeah, look, I, I, I listened to that episode. Loved, loved the article. Like, because I remember, Aaron, when you were like, hey, yeah. check out this article. And I'm like, <laughs> the end what? Of- <laughs> what? The death of social work? <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, actually, there's nothing I can disagree with. Mm. There was nothing in that article that you went, um, he, he's wrong. It, it's, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're re- referring to the episode End of Social Work yes. uh, with Chris Mayley. What do I call Death of back. Social Work? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and I remember, Jesse, we had a discussion around that time about this idea of um, people that are in 
voluntary and making decisions for themselves and, and financial decisions. And that, that becomes, I, I, I kind of use the example of not in a psychiatric sense, but someone with delirium on a, a, a say, an acute ward, like a, um, a med surge ward or something like that. And, you know, they, you may have a, um, you know, look, I, I've, I've been in that situation myself coming out of surgery where I um, I couldn't see anything. My, my vision was blurry. I, I'd, I'd had my kidneys operated on. I had my urologist say, yeah, look, you're going to have a catheter. Um, mm. Yeah, of course, that's out of my head. I'm thinking how I can't see, I can't move. How am I going to get to the toilet so I don't wet myself? Um, the nurse kind of went to do something and I literally, I grabbed his hand and dragged it so I could see the time completely, mm. you know, like that, not a code gray, but you know, completely, yeah, yeah. you know, a bit whack. And, yeah. you know, I was, um, I probably, I was bordering on a bit of delirium. Um, uh, yeah, you know, no one's going to, um, suddenly put me under a guardianship order. Yeah. With, um, you know, VCAT. But, um, you know, what What if it's not just a, you know, resolved by two o'clock in the afternoon? What if, mm. you know, that's that's now life, that I can't make decisions for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, walking out into traffic. I'm um, nearly burning the house down every night. I, I need a guardian to, to maintain a, a roof over my head. I need, I need an administrator to make sure that, you know, my bills are paid and um, I, I can do the basics of life and I can um, also, you know, pay for the things I want to pay for. It, mm. It's, it's um, you know, sometimes in, in the practice that we do, we kind of do infringe on people's human rights. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it kind of sucks as a social worker because you go, hang on, this, is, this yeah. is not what they said I'd be doing. Mm. Um, I'm now doing an application to the Victorian Civil Affairs Tribunal to say that that guy has to live where the, gar- the guardian tells him to. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. How do you, I mean, maybe, I don't know what's within the scope of this discussion, but like, I'm curious as to like how you go about reconciling those kinds of conflicts don't know yeah to tell you the truth mm. um I'm so happy that your answer there wasn't alcohol yeah well yeah. that, that. <laughs> <laughs> because because i actually think that would be a, a bit of an irresponsible thing to do that would um, and aaron what are we all about here at beer supervision responsible, responsible drink. drinking of alcohol yes Jesse. thank you very good sean continue <laughs> yes <laughs> Thanks, Captain Kiljoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, ab- absolutely uh, right. H- how, yeah. do you, how do you resolve that, Aaron? Yeah. Well, you kind of say, "Well, what what is my role here? What am I what am I doing? You know, am I? Um, you know, pe- people have free choice and they have agency. Mm. And you know, if if I want to say, well, I don't care what Jesse says. I'm going to go home by Dan Murphy's and and buy two slabs of beer and drink myself into oblivion. Mm. I'm a 48 year old year old human. Mm. Mm. I have free choice to do that. It's not a smart thing to do, and it's not a responsible thing to do. And I have work in the morning, but it's it's um my my um uh, my self determination to do it. Yeah. Um, if someone say, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you two examples. Um, uh, one patient that I met who had been very unwell for a number of decades and had never been treated. And he, um, he lived his life, lived, lived his life completely delusional, believing that the government um, uh, had somehow, uh, I can't remember, was um, contaminated electricity in his house so he couldn't have electricity. And, you know, the, these things a delusional pe- person would do. Mm. But to treat him would take a long time and a lot of heavy medication and probably ECT and really, really make him miserable. And it was, he was still living. He still had a roof over his head and he, he lived life how he wanted to live. Yeah. Cool. Then you might have another person who um, I'm thinking of that lived in a unit 
and um, absolutely terrorised the people around her and was very delusional and violent and um, property damage and that wasn't her normal. That wasn't her happy. That was her very unwell. That was very... And it's like, well, okay, so... Do you allow them? Do you allow mm. that person to to keep on going down into um, being acutely unwell and into a, a pit of despair, where um, uh, recover person in recovery, them in recovery, would look at them not in recovery and go, "Oh my God, please, what is happening with me? What I am absolutely miserable with seeing that. Please help me." Or do you kind of just let them go? And so when I listened to the the episode with Chris, I was like, I was, I was thinking of it in terms of delirium. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking of it in terms of someone of of this fellow who you know that that was his life, and and he was um, unwell. But you know, just because you're delusional doesn't mean that you get thrown into a psychiatric ward and mm. be given ECT. It, it's what it's like. How's this impacting on you? on your day-to-day living and enjoyment of life and mm-hmm. um, being able to, to survive. And and that's where, you know, it, it's you. how do you resolve it? It's, it's always an ethical dilemma. It's always, yeah. you know, pulling it apart and arguing and, you know, maybe having a couple of cans of fancy pants and kind of working it out and talking to friends and having supervision and doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, and I think here, like, what, I guess, what strikes me and what, like, um, I find both compelling and kind of almost stressful about reading the Royal Commission is that tension of these are great aims, mm. but, like, the complexity of how these are going to be implemented in reality is just so yeah. immense and so complex. It's hard to even imagine how do we will even get to those mm. positions, those, yeah. those endpoints. Yeah. Um, and that, this is just yeah. like one like perfect example of like so yeah, like so how you, do you, you know, yeah. when, when you work in mm. in, in mental health yeah. you, your services you will have families that will say you you have to do something yeah he he he's 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 inherited five hundred thousand dollars from grandpa and he's about to blow it you and you need to jump in there and do something. And you go, well, hang on, that's his choice. That's hmm. his money. Mm. He, he's, he's allowed to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so what he's got schizophrenia and ha- happens to have $500,000. That's his choice. Yeah. Uh, if, if you inherited $500,000 from grandpa, I wouldn't be saying, sorry, Aaron, you're not allowed to yeah. do whatever. I know what you do. Invest it very responsibly in a very large chocolate easter egg see yeah and responsibly and, okay it, so it'll, it'll increase in value over time don't worry yeah okay. so could yeah. you imagine sitting around a table and the family go my god he's about to go and invest five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> on a very large chocolate egg and 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 you're and you're the social worker on yeah, the ward and you're yeah. there as part of the treat treating <laughs> yeah. team and you're like well Power to him. Power to him. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's my choice. And, and, what, and, and what's, yeah. the, what's the only thing that's mm. that's that, that's the um you know compare the pair? The only thing that's different is he's yeah. got schizophrenia and Aaron. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's maybe does not Stra- straight up straight up discrimination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's discrimination. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you've got to have a lot of those difficult conversations a lot. Yeah. But it, it, it's when it comes in terms of someone's safety and their um. Uh, their life. Yeah. Yeah, you have a duty of care. Mm. Mm. That's Sweet. Yeah. yeah, cool. I'm glad we solved that problem. Hilarious. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think it really highlights the, um, you know, the difficulty of, of you know, of the, 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 the sort of conundrum that we're faced with in, in that regard. Like, mm. there is no easy, clear answer to how we how we kind of navigate this. And I think it requires a lot of really good thought, really good care. Um, and, well, think, you know, some good planning about how, how some of these recommendations are actually going to be implemented. Yeah. And I think that's why it's a big reason why, um, having, um, lived experience as part of mm. the implementation <clears throat> is important. Cause it's like, it's going to be yeah. an iterative process where we try, try, okay, we'll implement yeah. it like this 
oh, that went horribly. We need to change it yeah. and, and figure out and go back to the people who it's actually supposed to be benefiting and is it actually mm, yeah. beneficial to them or not? As opposed to just like, this is how we do it now. Mm. And yeah. Hopefully it'll be it'll be the sort of process that, um, you know, as these changes are play- being implemented, they will be continuously reviewed with um, input from yeah. service providers. Mm. Um, there's probably even a recommendation in there somewhere about it. Um, I'm pretty sure there is. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and, you know, consumers yeah. and stuff like that Definitely. about how do we, you know, if we don't hit the mark straight away, how do we move ourselves closer to that? Yeah. So yeah. it's not just going to be like, yeah, we, we we put the money there, we, we, we left it to that service and we didn't review it. Yeah. Like hopefully it's constantly being, being reviewed and updated. I, I, I really like the last guest that you had on. Um, who when, when, yep, when mm. she used the um, fancy pants sale mm. thing, yep. mm. when she used the example of um, people with lived experience marking yes, assignments that was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. And, and social workers going oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like oh I like you to a point yes yeah. Yeah. Um, okay so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a really brief example of how I, I, I love lived experience workers mm. I, yeah. I just think they're, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's boss um, but one, one though, no, he doesn't work locally. Got me thinking. He did a presentation at a conference. Um, mm. He actually worked in uh, mental health for a housing provider, not in this state. And he got me thinking about this crucial idea. We have the NDIS. We have plans. We have, you know, hey, we'll link you in with the NDIS. Mm. We'll link you in with the service provider. They'll do a plan, things that you need, things like that. Mm. His take on it is you don't actually really care about what my needs are. You're using me as a product. Mm. I'm a product for another organisation to do a plan around me to generate income that the things that I need, rather than giving them to me, you're getting someone else to do it. Yeah. So then I have to, yep. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what I am. So don't, and his, his point is in in this presentation that you did, you know, don't don't come the oh well, it's client choice and yeah, we, it's not, it's not, it, it's you know, it's um, he's our he's our smorgasbord of things that we you have to choose from and and yeah, you know, pick what we have. It's it's um, it's if it was choice, it would be well, here's, here's money, go and do it. You know, we, we have nothing to do with it, mm. but it's not. It, it's 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 trickled mm. down. It's here's a person with schizophrenia. They um, they need these things done. They a plan goes around them. There's organisations under that that kind of go, yep, we can provide that. There's people like us that get employment with those organisations. Yes. So on and so on and so on. And mm. uh, a lot of the things like the, the the lived experience people marking assignments. Mm. A lot of those conversations are really bloody uncomfortable. Yeah, and we, we we've got to sit with the uncomfortable feeling. Mm. Yeah, it's like legitimate autonomy and choice means actually li- relinquishing control to have the final say on how things are and aren't. Yeah, which people find scary. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad you you're gonna enjoy that. Um. That episode with Robert <laughs> and, and that part because that for me was was another huge standout point as well. I, yeah. I, f- I found um, all of our guests here on Beer Supervision have provided some really <laughs> good. <laughs> Just good backtracking. <laughs> I feel like every episode I, I get something more that I take away, and it's it's fantastic. I love it. He, he brings you in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, always, I am. I am. Um, the human persona. Well, actually, no. That just cut that bit out. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say we've been chatting for a while about um, about all of this, and I guess we don't want it to to blow out to be a, a 50, 50 minute episode. No, 50, <laughs> sorry, not fifty minute. Um, fifty hour episode. Um, so, Sean, we've we've gone through three recommendations. So, I, I think Aaron and I spoke about this before the podcast, and we're happy for the next twenty episodes to cover the rest of the the sixty recommend sixty five yeah, yeah, recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're free, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, just, I'll yeah. come in every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah no, six, six. I that. Um, Obviously, as we mentioned from the outset, we cannot cover everything that was in the the Royal Commission. That that would take far too long. Um, I guess these were a few ones that we wanted to have a bit of a chat about. And Sean, I think you um you really did provide some good quality insights um, on, yeah, in into it. that. I, um, 
<laughs> you know, when, when we asked Sean to come on, we knew that um, he would do exactly that. And you have not disappointed at all, Sean. Uh, I, I, I just loved it when the, the, long ago, one of your, your previous guests, Josh West, like, you know, Dr. Josh West, yes. I'm going to say that. Yeah, because you, you got in trouble. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he comes into the office because I shared an office with him and he's like, oh, there's this podcast. He's basically volunteering people like, yeah. to be guests. Yeah. <laughs> Just like- need to figure out who else he volunteered. <laughs> go, and, go and collect. Uh, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, how about we get to a very important part of the podcast? What part's that, Aaron? Um, I think it might be good to consider the beers that we have been drinking. The beers. Oh, yeah. Yep. As, as, as the flavor of this beer has clearly highly influenced yes. my opinions in the podcast. It's very important. That, <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, look, after after having just one last sip there, Aaron, of the um, Panhead Hazy IPA Rat Rod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, when I when, when I when I picked this one, when I picked this one, I was like, I was low key thinking to myself, "Geez, I hope this is is as bloody awful as what it, what it sounds." Um, I actually didn't mind this, Aaron. Um, yeah, I'm actually a bit a, a bit annoyed about the fact that it doesn't contain no that it contains lactose, lactose Sean, because I, I think you would have liked this also um, mm-hmm. if it didn't completely ruin your gut. Yep. Um, I'm gonna give this Aaron a a nice three point. Nine. 3.9. I've actually really enjoyed wow. the like the rat rod. That's it is a lot higher yeah. than I'm expecting it. To get. Yeah, no, okay. I've, I've enjoyed it. I thought it. I thought it was a good good beer. Um, well, there's another one for you to enjoy. There I is. Drink that yes, because Sean's not gonna gonna drink that one. It's still nice and cold. Um, maybe maybe a little bit later. I don't want to don't want to smash too many. Um, <laughs> responsible. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so responsible. Yeah. But, um, um, no, I've really enjoyed this one. What, what were your thoughts, Aaron? Um. Yeah. No. Good. Yeah, no complaints. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a three. I reckon a three. Ooh, nice. Yeah, look, I'll drink I, it again. I love, I love um this this part of the podcast because you and I, I think Aaron, have very two like two very different tastes of of what we appreciate in beers. Um, yeah, I want I want and, beers yeah. to break my brain. You know, yeah. I, want, I want I want to experience something new <laughs> when I drink a beer. If you want a beer, <laughs> if you want a beer to break your brain, Aaron, I'd suggest that any beer could do that, but you just have to. <laughs> Have to, have, have to drink have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but don't go doing that, please. No, okay. uh, we, don't, we don't need that. Okay, um, fair. fair yeah. I like your brain, Aaron. It doesn't need breaking. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah no, good. There's an ABI from the supervision. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be ideal. Uh, and Sean, you had the beer that we drank last week, the fancy pants. Yeah, it's it's funny. We were talking about the the rat rod, the pan head. Mm. Um, that it came, it 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 looks like craft beer, but it actually is connected to a, inter, a multinational brewing giant. Mm. So is this one? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and and I won't name them. Um, but it's um, if you see the side of the can there. Uh, yes, I verify. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. Mm. So you're not, you're um, not going to show me the side of the can. You're oh, just going to show Aaron. Stop yeah, it. no, I mean, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I looking? Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I can't. Really I can't podcast. read. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Normally a very crisp beer, if that gives a hint. Right. Yes. So, um, it tasted very much like another mountain goat beer. What's that? Really good beer. Good beer. Blue can. Steam ale. Not no. steam ale. Steam ale is very tasty. It is a very good beer. Um, what, another kind of beer, another version, of another another um, uh, flavor that Mountain oh, Goat has. Oh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, um, tasted like that. I look. I'd, I'd rate that highly. It's it's quite tasty. Mm. Maybe a three, three and a half. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, it, it, Mountain Goat's usually my go-to. Mm. Um, Your yeah. go to. Your go to go to my go to go to. It mm. floats my goat. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the panhead was like it had a bit of fruity flavor, but I usually don't like fruity flavor because like it just kind of like kills like my enjoyment of it. It's almost like nauseating. I don't know. I hate that. But it was actually like, very. It was subtle enough to add something to it. So I'll give it a three. But it, it is a bit of marketing. Like it looks like a craft beer. Pan panhead's a type of yeah. Rat rod is a rat rod is bits and pieces of stuff. Put yeah, so it's, it's people that are into that stuff. Definitely beer by committee, but meh. they've done okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got milk. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
There you go. Very good. Google. All right. Awesome. Well, this is great. Thank you so much once again, Sean. Really appreciate it. This has been great. I'll see you in the morning. Oh, I'm looking very forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, um, everyone, very much for listening. Um, Really appreciate it. Jesse and I definitely do. Um, Yeah, and we will uh, see you for the next episode. We will. I'm going to take a pick two to... Oh, hey. commemorative pick. There we go. Hey. Hey. Should get one with you, Sean, as well. We oh. Oh, we were talking about it. We need to start putting like pictures of, of our guests on our on our. I'm, um, I'm handing this Facebook for you page. to take a photo. Um, oh, can I can I get so. can I get in on it, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll get my. Get the, the pan head. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this on the podcast? <laughs> 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 it's like um, radio, radio silence. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just really high quality content, honestly. Oh, uh, very good. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Be a Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. We record every two weeks, often with guests from the mental health field. If you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would really help us out. Or share it with someone who might find it helpful. If you'd like to contact us with feedback or questions, or even just to say hi, definitely do at beasupervisionpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Be a Supervision on Facebook and Twitter. Our opinions are our own, the beers we drink are chosen just by us, and we don't receive any sponsorships. We'll see you next time.